0: everyone. Welcome to the brand new season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors Dot Chavent and The Lower Ledger. Today I will be chatting with author T.J. London who will announce the details of her book giveaway of Man of War after the short reading at the end of the interview. We actually met in person and once upon a book in Frank and what caught my attention was that DJ was dressed as a soldier and I loved it. <laughs> I didn't know your genre, you know what you were writing about. so I just loved it. Tell us a little bit about that fun fact
1: <laughs> about about the costume stuff. okay well, so actually the costume staff goes way way back to even how I got started writing American Revolutionary War so, when I was a young girl, like I, there was a television show called The Bastard and the Rebels, and it was based off of John Jakes's series about the Kent family, and they had those amazing red coats and and in blue coats and the uniforms and the queues and the long hair and the tricorn hats, and I was like, oh my god, I love that look, and so. It sounds bad, but really that look was what me got me really interested in the time period. I, I admit that. <laughs> and then as time went on and I did a lot of my own research and my reading, I really fell in love with the time period historically, right? And started doing my research and ultimately wrote in that time period. But when I started going down the road of experimenting with, okay, cosplay and wanting to get into my persona and really you know, get people to recognize what I was doing and what I was writing what's more iconic than the soldier's uniform, right? And the tricorn hat. So, um, so I decided at that event to wear actually one of my sort of uniforms. But I'm actually pretty notorious for doing it. So I go to a retreat called the historic romance retreat. And I actually will wear my uniforms there. I'm one of the few women who will actually dress in like historic uniforms and, and kind of like, you know, draw some attention to my books right so it has some history behind it and now it's kind of a thing and people actually kind of expect it of me so I don't think I can do anything different now to be honest with you
0: I love it it just does the job you know it creates attraction inquisitive mind you know I thought oh my goodness I was glad it does
1: So funny thing. One more funny thing about the uniforms. I was just at HRR, and we were having this huge tea party where the ladies come in with these big fancy hats and the dresses and everything. I was standing outside with a Dunkin' Donuts coffee in my Revolutionary War uniform on a tea crate, yelling, "We want no tea in these colonies. We want no tea!" And of course, you know, it just like people were like. What is she doing, right? But then they realize, okay, it's American Revolutionary War. I'm protesting the Tea Party and I've got my uniform on. So like I said, now it's kind of become a thing and people expect it from me. So I'm glad it worked and you noticed it.
0: (laughs) And storyteller, your goal is to fill in the gaps about missing history. I find that fascinating. How do you dig out these little known or lesser known facts? How do you go about that? That's an interesting question. So you got that from my bio. I <laughs> <So> got <laughs> okay. You got my,
1: yeah, right. So now I really got to answer it. Right. So, um, well, here's the thing I, so I started writing actually in counseling um, and I used it as a tool to kind of get through some mental health issues. I was, I was dealing with. But I've always been an avid reader of history of the colonial American time period, as well as the French and Indian War and the French Revolution. And that's also mentioned in my bio. (laughs) But those are my favorite time periods to read about. But they are very underrepresented currently, like in when we look at historical romance, and Mm -hmm. to some degree in historical fiction, right? We know that they're not they're not a big draw, right? So you know, for me, I love to read those time periods. So as I would go through and read, I would see something like, I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't I know this? And so I, that would take me down this rabbit hole that common historic writers go down. And mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, I, I didn't know this. And I didn't know this. And I didn't know this. But if I don't know it, as someone who loves to read the time period, I'm sure other people don't. So I've kind of utilized that to kind of like to, to build my stories, right? So ultimately I write a saga, it's called the Rebels and Red Coat Saga. Now, when we think of the American Revolutionary War, we think about like Boston and the Minutemen, and we think about George Washington and Alexander Hamilton and Philadelphia. and But we don't think about upstate New York and we don't think about the the Haudenosaunee, which is this, we know them as the Six Nations of the Iroquois. And we don't think about those battles that took place in upstate New York and how important that they were. I didn't know they existed. I didn't know anything about them. So as I read more about them, I was like, yeah, I think there's a story here if I'm going to continue to, to go down this road. So like when I wrote Man of War, which we're going to talk a little bit more about, I was learning about the French and Indian War in the beginning of the war and what kind of prompted that, that or, or we know it as the Seven Years' War also, but what prompted that war? And the more I read about it, I was like, well, I don't, why don't I know this? And if I don't know this, why don't other people know this, right? Like, why don't we learn this stuff? So that's kind of what what I was getting at when I say that. Like I try to dig for those places, those unfamiliar things that maybe aren't trendy in romance or trendy in historical right now, but I think are super interesting. So I guess that's really what that phrase kind of means per se. Wow, I,
0: I like that. okay. So what enticed you to the American Revolutionary War a long time ago when you started wearing that costume? Was there, <laughs> was there something really specific? Why this war and not a different war?
1: Why, or why not the Regency, which is super you know, important, right? Which is super impactful right now and historical, right? So first of all, I like to consider myself kind of a rebel as an individual, so it kind of suited my shtick, right? But Mm -hmm. the truth of it is that um, there are two things that really brought me to it. One, my father and I were very close, and he passed away as I was just getting published. And he and I traveled to Colonial Williamsburg together, and we really fell in love with that Mm -hmm. unique historic site. And it's something that I always can think about and remember my father. So that's one part of it. The other part is I really loved, as I was learning it in school, besides the clothing, I loved the idea that there was just so much change happening at one time not only were we forming another country but it was a time of enlightenment it was a time right before the industrial revolution it was a time of great change in other countries of governments being you know toppled and things changing when we think about the french revolution other things coming it was just this incredible like cataclysmic moment in history that I, I absolutely adored and I felt like it was really underrepresented, like I said, mm-hmm. in everything that I read in terms of fiction. Like there's lots of biographies and there's lots in store of historic books, but in fiction, where were those stories? Oh, and God. so it was it was one of those things that I, I I wanted to learn more about. And I just became so interested, not only in that, but also in learning about our constitution, how it came about, learning about our country, about our government. You know, as a proud American, like these were things like i felt like i needed to know more and and how did we get where we are as a student of history trying to say okay where are where we are today in the world has to have its roots to some degree in the revolution and ultimately it does when we understand our government and our system so it was all those things kind of together that really created that spark in a young author's mind i guess is the best way and then when I tried to pitch the book, people were like, why would you write Revolutionary War? Nobody's going to buy that. Nobody wants that. And I disagreed. I was like, no, I, I think there is a market for it. So um, I, I went into the indie realm as, as I am now. And it's I don't I don't have a ton of fans yet, but that's OK. There are people out there who want to read it and they they want to learn and they want to go on a journey and they want a fictional story with that background. And so it's my job to take them there. So that's that's kind of how I got here
0: so can people relate to it i mean how did you get the story the plot in there the romantic plot in there
1: so here's the thing so there are obviously when i think of historical i consider myself a historical fiction with romantic elements because there's a lot of big story and there's a romance because i'm 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 i mean that way i want it all in my story like i'm a jerk that way i've got to have love i've got to have action i've got an adventure i've got to have history i have to have it all okay so when I learned this backstory about the Battle of Oriskany and ultimately the separation of the Six Nations of the Iroquois or the Haudenosaunee, which is their their real you know name, I was really fascinated by it. And I was like, "There's an amazing story to tell here." I recognize I'm not Native American or of that culture, but there's an exciting story here. I love the nonfiction books, but I want to take it and put it and use some of that in my story. But I also love a good spy story and I love a good romance. So I was like, okay, all right. I like all these elements, but the truth of it really comes down to is I was in counseling and I was going to grief counseling for something that happened in my life. And so my counselor had said to me, she's like, Tracy, I need you to 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 like do something, journal or something to help you deal with your stress and be able to better relate with me because we just weren't getting anywhere. And so instead of writing a journal, I went home and started taking all this history I love to read about and just started writing. And so I would bring the pages in every day to her because I was literally seeing her every day because that's how serious my my mental health situation was at the time. And I started reading to her. And she's like, okay, well, why is this? British soldier so upset with his life, and I would explain it to her. And then, why was this going on? And why is her father dead? And why is this? And ultimately, I was digging into the roots of what was going on in my life. And in a very strange way, I was creating a story out of all this fiction I had in my mind and all this background I knew from my reading. And then I was taking my own life and building it through there. So it's a PT, the, the saga, the, main, the first part of the saga, which is about John Carlyle, the, the British soldier. It's really a PTSD story. It's a love story. It's a soldier's journey. It's all takes place, my fiction, with the backdrop of what's going on in the revolution at that time. So mm-hmm. for purists who want to just read about the revolution, this is not the story for them. For people who want to go on a journey and be a part of all those things happening, but also be a part of my character's story, that's the journey for them. So I tend to compare myself to like, A technique that like John Jakes used in his story or like even Diana Gabaldon used in her Outlander series of telling her story in the historical time period during those events. So that's kind of what I was doing when I created it. If that answers your question.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, that's multifaceted, right? (laughs) It's it's complex.
1: And honestly, I never meant to publish it originally. Uh, It was a counseling tool, truly. Okay. It was through conversations. Um, with my counselor, that she convinced me to have the courage to let someone read it. So I, I went out there and let a few people read it, and they were like, hey, this is actually kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it, I I tried pitching it. Again, many people were like, Nobody wants American Revolutionary War, you know, this is really not a draw, especially not a saga. So then through the process of, you know, meeting people in different things, I eventually got the courage to um, independently publish my stories. Um, and so I found my small niche of fans who really like it. So I've, I ended up continuing on, but the journey was really just to, to do counseling. So I'm kind of here by happenstance, truly.
0: Wow. How long did it take you to write this, this what we're talking about man of oh so war. man of, so man of war specifically so man
1: of war just to give you some background mm-hmm. is actually the prequel to the saga so it's a standalone book so for any of your listeners if they're not that interested necessarily in getting into the saga you can read man alone man of war as a standalone and be like hey i'm happy or you can get curious and go no i want to read the rest of the stories All right. so man of war itself took me about four years to write. Um, I, I, one, I have a real hustle, <laughs> um, but two, um, it, I, I didn't know anything about the Royal Navy and certainly nothing about the Royal Navy in 1755, which is different than during Nelson's time, which we commonly know. Um, so I had to do my research because if you're gonna write about the Royal Navy, you have to get it right. Like you have to get your history right, but you really have to get your Royal Navy history right. People really know it. so. Um, I spent several years doing research. I traveled to Portsmouth. I met with some of the historians from the Royal Navy and then ultimately wrote Man of War. Um, and Man of War is about 600 pages. So it's a long book. Um, and so that takes some time to do ultimately. So yeah, it was a it was a long journey. I, I often call it my joy. So the trader I call my pride, the Man of War is my joy. Um, when I wrote it, it was really... Um, my father had passed and I was in counseling, but I was in a much better place in my life, mm-hmm. um, counseling and, and in my mental health journey when I wrote this story. So it definitely has a different resonance to it. And and I know my readers feel that way about it when they read it, it's it's more of a love story and it's more of a, there's there's definitely a happier edge to it because I was in a different place when I was writing, that's for sure. What are
0: the major takeaways? From this book from Man of from War. Man, of War.
1: Man so War. there's it's interesting that you ask me that because as I write in counseling, what I consider takeaways and what other people consider takeaways are two different things. Yeah, for me so for me, this was a journey after my father died. and when uh, when a loved one passes away, families can either come together or they can separate and fall apart. And essentially that's what happened to my family. We fell apart. And through that journey, we found all the problems that we were always hiding in our relationships that ultimately led to some of my mental health issues. So the journey of Man of War is really of self-discovery. First of all, this is a character who wants to recreate, who recreates himself to be who he wants to be. Mm -hmm. However, below the surface, he's still that other man. And and for me, it was me saying, "This is I'm still that young girl, but this is who I've created of myself." So we can overcome and become who we want to be, but we also have to give respect to that child, to that person who started the journey in our life. You know, and that was me really paying homage to that young girl who you know eventually became a woman. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a journey about sibling rivalry sibling rivalry that affected my father and his two brothers um, and sibling rivalry that affected me directly between one of my siblings. Mm -hmm. And that your, your family can be your, your best friends and your most loving partners, but they can also be your worst enemies who know your deepest weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And it's about trying to reconcile and understand that they are still your blood. And there has to be a way that if you can, you, you should try to find a way to to, um, to reconcile those relationships. So there, those are two journeys that, and then for the female character, she's also kind of becoming a new person in the story. And her journey is also that love can conquer all too. Like when you love somebody, they won't, they don't make your world right. They make it better. Mm -hmm. And so love is really about partnership and not about dependence and it was a journey i was learning in my husband in my in my husband's relationship too that it's not about dependence but but partnerships so there's a couple resonant messages there i think
0: (laughs) wow that's you have a lot to tell whoa this is a lot of stuff well can you tell me about your protagonist merrick and india So my protagonist, okay, so Merrick, Captain Merrick
1: is a, um, is a lieutenant at the beginning of the story, and a very ambitious one, and his, the captain of his ship is killed in a ship accident, in, in a pirate accident, basically, and ultimately, he's now the captain, he's now forced to rise to the occasion, and he ultimately... Um, when he boards this pirate ship that attacked his ship, he finds this woman chained in a hold. And he just can't understand why they would do this. You know, what had happened to this woman? So Merrick is a gentleman. He is a soldier. I mean, well, more than a soldier. He's a captain of a ship. So he's strong and he's very stern. He's very much a captain, but he's also very compassionate. He's a man who's gone a long way in his life. He's learned a lot of lessons. He's come into his own as this new version of himself that he's created. And he wants desperately to prove himself um because of, as a child, he was definitely involved in sibling rivalry with one of his brothers and ultimately left to a fracture in their family. So his journey is really about, you know, kind of his journey is one of of, you know, owning what's happened to his past owning who he is now and who he was, and trying to overcome, essentially. Um, India, on the other hand, is this woman who is very mysterious. She's found chained in the hold. Um, she She's rescued, basically, from dying, from, from drowning when the ship's going down. And when she comes to, when she, she shows up on the HMS Boudicca, which is America's ship, she's like, starting over her life she's starting over again she's like everything that happened that woman died on that ship and so she is moving forward and she's starting her life over again and she looks at Merrick as a means to an end she wants revenge for what these people did to her and so she sees this strong stern very together captain with a compassionate side as her means to get revenge but um but she's also dealing with a lot of her own issues from being captured and being held prisoner and from what happened to her so as the story goes on we uncover who these pirates were why they captured her why would they capture her, who is she and ultimately how does that coincide with merrick's life and do they fall in love of course as a as a, as a, a romantic mm-hmm. you know we know that's going to happen but how does that play out ultimately so so that's my protagonist and my my two protagonists of
0: the story Okay. So, what do you feel you did right in writing this story and what would you have done differently? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I am that it's an excellent
1: question, but you know as a as an author we should learn with every book. And I, I would hope that readers understand that, that we are we don't come to this world as an author fully formed. We learn, ju- we have to be brave enough to suck at something at the beginning mm-hmm. and to get better as we go along. So hopefully they walk that journey with us and say, wow, she's gotten better at this. So uh, what I would say that I did wonderfully about Man of War was, first of all, I, I stand behind my research. Um, I, I did exceptional amounts of research and I really pushed myself to, del- de- to develop my prose and to give the reader a very emotional, deep experience. I mean, like I really, what I had been working on between the Tory, the traitor, and the turncoat, that component of my writing, I really delivered on. So I'm super proud of that. When it comes to things I would do better, you know, here's the thing, um, it, it's it's difficult as an independent author to even, you know, and, and working with independent editors and stuff to get everything perfect. I am, a, I am a perfectionist. So if I see errors in my edits or errors in my proofs, like I want to just cringe. But there's only so much you can do as an individual and only so much your editors can do and only so much you can do in terms of like um finances too as well. So the things that bother me at Man of War is if I ever see an error in it, or if I ever look at it and go, mm, I could have done better with that wording. You know, that's what kind of sets me off. So it's not actually the story or the journey. It's more the little nuanced things that a lot of times readers just pass over. They don't even notice. But as the author, it just like is maddening. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but in the end, to me, every one of my children, I consider my books, my children are, are perfectly imperfect. They are a reflection of of my mental health journey and where I was when I started writing them. So with all their foibles and their flaws, I love them each individually just as they are, and I wouldn't change them. So um, so when, it, when someone doesn't like my book or I get a bad review, I'm like, that's okay. I don't like every book, and I don't like every person. I don't expect that of them
0: either, so. So what sets you apart from other authors in your genre? Obviously, uh, every,
1: I write. in your case, everything. <laughs> I, write, I write American Revolutionary War, ha-ha. Um, and I write saga fiction. A very good friend of mine, I was just at HR, and she looked at me, she goes, so, Tracy, how's that HR, how's that uh, Revolutionary War saga business working out for you? And I laughed. Um, I, I laughed a lot. I, and I said brilliantly, because I write, this is what I want to write. And this uh-huh. is where my passion is. So um, I will say what sets me apart, I write American Revolutionary War, I write saga fiction, my books, and they have trigger warnings on it. So I have to throw that out there. I write, I, I never write anything to be gratuitous, not sex, not violence, not anything. Mm-hmm. I have a level of intensity that I write all my books, and that's expressed in how I describe the mental issues of the page of the characters, the, the, the sexuality of, this, of the storyline, as well as the violence of the story. I try to make it appropriate for the intensity of my writing and for the time period. And I recognize that some people, that's a bit much for them in the historical romance or fiction romance genre. So um, I own that um, and there are some people who love that and they think it's uh-huh. really interesting. And then I run across people who are just like, that's not for me, it's a little too graphic. And again, not every book is for every reader, so I get it. I do.
0: Okay. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Uh, from *Man of War*,
1: um, I learned that first of all, I could learn the Royal Navy and write a book about it, which was a big deal. Um, I learned that um, I actually learned that journey. That you know, I have to. I owe respect to that small child within me who went through these mental health issues and came out on the other side and author. um, I learned that it takes a lot of courage to do that, to admit your mental health issues, but also to put them out there for people to read. Mm -hmm. Um, And I continue to learn that through every book. But it's interesting because my fans who hear from me and know me or who dialogued with me, they get it. And so I'm taking them on my journey through mental health. And I think Sometimes not only are they enjoying the story, but they're going on their own journey with me. Mm-hmm. so um so that's kind of what I learned. and man of war also taught me that um, that i could that I could be romantic also and I could be um and i could I could be softer in some ways in my story writing too. so every every book should be a journey and a learning experience for an author and and this one is no different and they're just they're each unique just like children are and and, and heroes are right so they're just all unique so
0: so what is the funniest or the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author event and you're also a pharmacist <laughs> this yeah. nice combo. What right, right well <laughs>
1: So, (laughs) such is the dichotomy of uh, such is the dichotomy of me. So first of all, what is the weirdest thing? Well, here's the thing, actually, I have been very fortunate in live meetings. I one I'm not very well known. So most people are just meeting me right Um, for the first time. So they're kind of like, okay, she's kind of different or what have you? You know what I mean? So I would say that in person, I've been very fortunate. People have been incredible when I've met them. I have had some weird things happen to me online, though. Um, so I'll go with that. So I was very new to the audio world. So I have three audios. And um, they're super fun productions. And, and we can talk about that another time or something like that. But I had fans re- like, Here I am, little unknown TJ, who writes my books and barely anyone reads them, or or I'm getting my name out there. And I got inundated the minute my audio came out, my first audio, with all these people texting me and tweeting me and posting at me. I'm like, what is going on? I used a narrator that had a fan club, and they're very fierce about him as a narrator. And so they were all lighting me up, right? And here I was confused. I'm like, wait a minute. This guy just narrated my book, like, what's going on? And here I had no idea that this was, you know, that they had fan clubs and it was a big thing and, you know, that he was so well-known. So I definitely um, was like, I had a moment of like, of like shock and surprise and may have even been like, who are you people, you know, for a moment. But then later I was very grateful and they're amazing fans and they've been very dedicated to my work, but it was a, it was like a hot second where I was like, literally I had a hundred, like, he must've mentioned it somewhere that he was doing my book. And next, you know, I had like literally like a hundred, like
0: yeah. tweets and I'm like, who
1: are all these people? Um. So yeah, and, and they're amazing and I'm grateful for them, but it was a big surprise for me. So yeah. Oh,
0: sorry. I love
1: it. So I am a pharmacist, by the way. Um, I am a pharmacist. You are I will- a
0: pharmacist,
1: right? I'm a druggist. So one of the secrets of my book is there will always be something medical in my book. And some of them, I will make them period correct. And some of them, I will border on not being period correct, just because the practitioner in me just like has to get it right. So, um, so yes, I am a pharmacist. So I will give that away. <laughs> oh,
0: my mom was a pharmacist
1: you know how many people tell me that the minute they hear that I am, everybody's like, I know a pharmacist. So I guess, you know, here's the thing about pharmacists and here's a good pharmacist, funny story actually about somebody who walks up to my counter. So for those of you who can't see me, I have a Mohawk. Um, and, and so I was working at the counter. Um, cause normally I don't actually work in, uh, I actually work in a private sector as a pharmacist doing other work, but occasionally I freelance at a store. So I was at a store and this, this gentleman walks up to me. He's like, I need to speak with the pharmacist. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I need to speak with the pharmacist. I'm like, no, that's me. That's what the license says on the wall. He's like, no, 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 you're not. You can't be the pharmacist. I'm like, no, no, I promise. He's like, you can't possibly be old enough. I'm like, doctor says it right there. And this man literally turned around and walked away and he literally turned. I'm like, okay. All right. I guess the Mohawk scared him away. And, and my texts were laughing. They're like, dude, we're going to get a break at the counter. Finally. You just keep going up there and trying to answer questions. (laughs) So that's my pharmacist story.
0: I'm very brief reading. Oh, oh, it's time for that. You want me to read a that section? to Very Canada? brief reading. We'll make it sure. Whatever you're okay. comfortable
1: with. So for the listeners out there, I am a shy narrator. <laughs> that's why I, I often, that's why I hire nine fabulous well-known narrators to narrate Man of War, which by the way, it is a really interesting audio if you're an audio person. Um, But I I, I prefer not to narrate too much because I just, that's not my thing. Um, But anyway, I will read just a small small blurb just to whet your appetite, okay? Just a small one. So the 14th of June, 1755, the North Atlantic, 20 nautical miles off the coast of Newfoundland, the Grand Banks. I never wanted to be a warrior. I should like to have known peace, but that was not my destiny. No human is born to this earth with malice in their blood and gunpowder in their veins. A never-ending battle it has been, after 24 labored hours and one look of disdain at my not being a coveted daughter by a wife who'd done her duty already, producing an heir and a spare. Such was my lot in life, redheaded, shorter, stockier, and not as handsome as my older brother, but with a sagacious mind and a fire burning in my gut that would ignite the battle and destroy my family. I was the catalyst. Yes, the destruction started with me, a boy infected with jealousy and anger, who grew into a man that would fight to death to prove his worth. Oh, God in heaven, you've condemned me to this life of war, and I am good at it. Yes, I am a warrior. I feed on the struggle, the battle. I am Saltpeter. I am Round Shop. Ares is my deity, and to him alone I pray. So be it, peacekeepers. Tote your tales of forgiveness and turn the other cheek. This is not your story. It's mine. For I am a man of war, and the HMS Boudicca is my queen. Next so that is just the preamble to the story. Mm-hmm. The story is actually um, told in thir- third person, but I always open all my stories with my heroes talking to the readers. So, and um, by the way, the first person who pings me in Facebook Messenger um, with the subject line "Podcast Giveaway" will get a copy of Man of War, and it will be a lovely hardcover copy too, which are unique to me to uh, to just my special fans and my giveaways.
0: All right. How about your parting shot? What are you gonna leave our listeners with?
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much. This is so fun. Um, it's so fun. And I can talk fast, so I can squeeze a lot in the in short amount of time. I know you, you squeezed a lot in. <laughs> I know, right? Um I love it. Yes. I'm super excited. Um, so, I am actually uh, the fourth book in the Rebels Red Code saga. So, I consider this the prequel. Um, but the fourth book, The Rebel, will be coming out this winter. Um, so, if, if you're interested in learning about the American Revolution and having a little fun with me, um, you can start with Man of War. Check this one out. And if you like it, The Tory is the next book. That's the first book in the saga. So, thank you so much. I had so much fun. And, uh, um, you know, I'd love to come back someday and talk to you about my other ones. This was a good time.
0: Very entertaining my parting thoughts buy indie read indie and write indie and why not explore small presses and read your local newspaper for inspiration keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair thank you for listening thanks thank you